Being the victim of a crime is horrible, and those perpetrating crimes should be held accountable. But we must acknowledge the facts. Fewer than 25% of reported crimes are solved by arrest. And a wrongful arrest can destroy one's life by creating a ripple effect that lasts long after the case has been closed. Unfortunately, wrongful arrests are increasingly prevalent. I myself have had one of those. And with these wrongful arrests, the damage caused by them occurs at every stage, even early stages of a case, such as setting bail. So today we're explaining what bail is, what the purpose of bail is, and when bail is unconstitutional. I'm constitutional attorney, Katherine Henry. For more than 20 years, I've been fighting for the underdog. But since COVID began, I've devoted all my time and efforts to fighting against government tyranny and educating and empowering the public. So welcome to our next episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. According to criminal record statistics from the Bureau of Justice Statistics, only 68% of arrests lead to convictions in the U.S. 68%. That means 32% of arrests in the U.S. do not lead to convictions. Now, this is due to various reasons, but the leading reason is due to the innocence of the accused. In 2022, there were over 7.36 million arrests for all types of offenses all across the U.S. So this means that there were 2.36 million arrests that did not lead to conviction. But for all 7.36 million people arrested for crimes all across the U.S. in 2022 or in any given year, remember, Every single defendant has the due process right to be presumed innocent until the prosecutor proves beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant committed each and every element of the crime charged. Furthermore, we are all guaranteed procedural and substantive protections when the government accuses us of a crime. Those protections are found in the 4th, 5th, 6th, 8th, and 14th Amendments to the U.S. Constitution. The Fourth Amendment provides protection against unreasonable searches and seizures. The Fifth Amendment provides protection against double jeopardy, self-incrimination, and deprivation of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. The Sixth Amendment guarantees the right to a speedy and public trial, an impartial jury, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to confront witnesses, to compel witnesses to appear at trial, and to have the assistance of counsel. The amendment provides protections against excessive bail, excessive fines, and cruel and unusual punishments. And the 14th Amendment guarantees the right to equal protection and that our life, liberty, and property will not be deprived without due process of law. Now, these rights are all important, but if excessive bail is imposed against you, this alone can tank your ability to utilize all of your other constitutionally protected rights. Now, that sounds drastic, so... What is bail? According to Black's Law Dictionary, bail is a security such as cash or bond required by the court for the release of a prisoner who must appear at a future time. Now keep in mind, the average bail bond in the U.S. is over $10,000. So what is the purpose of bail? Well, that's twofold. First, to ensure the accused will appear at all future court hearings. And if the person does not appear for a court hearing, after posting bail, the bail amount is forfeited. Second, bail serves to ensure the immediate safety of the victim and the public while the case is pending. Now that sounds reasonable, so when is bail unconstitutional? 
The Eighth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution was adopted in 1791, along with the rest of the Bill of Rights. Specifically, the Eighth Amendment states, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Now, Black's Law Dictionary defines excessive bail as bail that is unreasonably high considering both the offense with which the accused is charged and the risk that the offender will not appear for trial. So given this, what are bailable offenses? Generally, most misdemeanors are bailable offenses, such as forgery or most drug offenses, and charges such as theft, mischief, defamation, and simple assault. So what about non-bailable offenses? A non-bailable offense is usually a more serious type of crime. Typically, non-bailable offenses are those that can be punished with life in prison or the death penalty if someone is convicted. If the accused commits another offense while already out on bail, the subsequent offense is usually not eligible for bail. But as far as those serious crimes go, terrorism is one that is typically not eligible for bail. The same is true for repeat offenders of rape, attempted rape, murder, and attempted murder. But to really understand these issues about bail, we need to really grasp the context involved. Across the country, there are nearly three times as many people being held by local jails who have not been convicted of a crime versus those who have. In other words, there are roughly at any given time 470,000 people being held in local jails who are simply awaiting their day in court versus roughly 161,000 people being held by local jails who have actually been convicted. And nearly three-fourths of the individuals held pre-trial have been accused of low-level drug or property crimes or other non-violent crimes. Now, combining the numbers for those who are in jail and those who are in prison across the U.S., one-fourth of all the people incarcerated across the U.S. are being held pre-trial. Now, that means roughly 555,000 people are being held before they've even had trial, primarily because they cannot afford to pay bail. So in other words, at any given time all across the U.S., over a half million people are sitting in jail awaiting for their court date simply because they cannot afford to post bail. The median income of an individual in jail unable to meet bail is estimated at just over $16,000 annually, of course, income prior to their incarceration. Yet the median bail amount is over $12,800. So median bail across our country is over three quarters of the amount that most of these people make in any given year. So what should you do if you or a loved one are arrested and facing bail issues? Appear in person for your arraignment. That means avoiding appearing by Zoom, if at all possible. That's going to show how seriously you take this matter and the fact that you were physically in front of the judge will make a much better impression than somebody simply appearing over the internet who could be anywhere in the world. Tell the judge about your ties to the community. Tell them about friends or family, any jobs that you're holding in the area, places that you volunteer in your community, your church attendance, community organizations in which you have a membership. All of that will show ties to your community and a reason that you're less likely going to be a flight risk. Tell the judge about your employment. Tell the judge that you take this seriously and that you will certainly appear for all future court hearings. 
tell the judge about any special circumstances that affect your ability to pay bail. For example, are you a single parent? Are you a sole income earner for your whole household? Do you have extraordinary medical expenses or a child with special needs? Are you caring for a sick or disabled loved one? Tell the judge about any of your professional licensing, etc., that would be negatively impacted by negative court orders against you. This shows that you have incentive to see the case through to the end to advocate for your professional interests. Tell the judge the reasons why you need to be released awaiting trial, such as to adequately prepare for your defense, to care for your children, to homeschool your children, or if you're attending school yourself, to care for a sick or disabled loved one, to earn income, or because of medical appointments, surgeries, or the like. Emphasize the factors of your alleged offense that negate the need for pretrial incarceration. Is it a nonviolent offense? Is there no other kind of harm to others alleged? For example, there's no damage to property or things like that. Is it a low-level offense, such as a misdemeanor? So like I mentioned, there are numerous wrongful arrests on a regular basis here in our country. And while we're fighting the good fight and trying to hold all of our government officials accountable, including the police, prosecutors, and others, we are definitely at risk for being arrested in the freedom fight. If you are arrested in the freedom fight or in other situations, make sure you know what your rights are from start to finish. And make sure that you're letting the judge know what the law really is concerning bail, what it is, what the purpose of it is, and when it becomes unconstitutional. You can't always rely on an attorney to do all of this advocating for you. So know your rights and watch this video another two or three times to make sure you've got this down. Want to interact on this important topic? Comment on this video or call in the second Tuesday of the month at noon Eastern Standard Time to participate in our live constitutional discussion. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. And remember, together we can restore freedom.